0: boy was riding the bus home from, uh, from Sunday school on a Sunday morning, and he's playing with a little, uh, little card that he had received in class. Uh, it had a picture on it, and it said, have faith in God. And he was just loving that little thing and turning it around and thinking about the, uh, the, the story that he'd heard and, and all those things, and, and uh, riding the bus home. And as he's uh, messing with it a little bit, a little gust of wind came in the window, and f- And it fluttered out the window. And immediately the the boy says, stop the bus. I've lost my faith in God. Well, they stopped the bus. And as the little boy was getting out, a couple of the adults kind of nudged each other and chuckled and, oh, isn't that cute? And yet uh, one of uh, another adult, maybe a little more perceptive, says, I think we'd all be a little better off if we were that concerned about our faith in God. Believe it or not... We only have a few sessions left here in this Heroes series, and we've been looking at the lives of ordinary people in the Bible who God did extraordinary things through. Uh, people like Noah and Esther and Moses and Joseph all lived faithful lives for God, and and, and God worked through them to accomplish great things, uh, su- such great things that we know about them now, thousands of years later. Uh, I'm not saying that, that God will, will make you famous, but, but what I'm saying is that God wants to use, not just Just those few people in the Bible, he wants to use all of us, that we can be heroes for him if we're simply faithful to him. And today we're going to look at uh, yet another Old Testament icon, the patriarch of all patriarchs, uh, Abraham. Here's where I break into song. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Anybody tracking me? I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, Father Abraham. I don't see any arms moving. The most annoying song in the history of all Christendom. Father Abraham, right? If you don't know it, uh, then you're blessed. And if you, if you do know it, you're going to be singing it for at least the next three days because it's already, now I've brought it back up from, your, uh, from the nether regions of your consciousness and it's there. So you walk through that, and Father, and, right, and I don't know what, moving your arm and your leg and, and jump, and I, I don't know what that has to do with Abraham at all, except maybe it got some of those kids with ADHD, uh, b- before we knew what ADHD was, uh, back in the day, got them moving around and got, I don't know. Are we streaming this? Because that's not good. Anyway, I don't know. Here's the deal. Father Abraham did indeed have many sons. But all of that seemed to be in doubt for a very long time time in fact Abraham was a hundred years old before he had the son that God had had promised him uh, I, so I think the number one thing that we can take from Abraham's life we're gonna uh, dive into that that story and again it's this whole story in in the the, the big bulk of uh, the book of Genesis in the Bible and if you want to read the ins and outs of it and all of that uh, go for it we're gonna hit the kind of the 30,000 foot view today and and learn a few principles uh, that that I think Abraham learned over his life but the, the one of the big things Things you need to know is that God keeps his promises. You can trust him. Here's where we start. And, and again, at several of these passages, they call Abraham Abram, uh, because uh, partway along the way, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Uh, but uh, uh, so I'll probably be referring to him as Abraham because that's uh, how we know. But a couple of times in these, these passages it says Abram. That, that's why. Genesis chapter 12, the first few verses it says this. Then the Lord told Abram, Leave your country your relatives and your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and I will make you a blessing to others and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Wow, that's quite... promise actually a lot of different promises and and through the course of his life Abraham learned that God keeps his promises he learned how to trust God and he kept the faith Um, but and so he learned a lot about faith and I think we can uh, today the first thing that I think we need to recognize today is that true faith involves a willingness to obey true faith involves a willingness to obey So the next verse there in Genesis chapter four, uh, so God lays out this whole thing, first three verses, I'm gonna make you the father of good, and so you need to, and, and you need to, and you need to go here, leave all the stuff that you, that you know and love, and, and your extended family, and the country where you've always lived, and you're gonna go to a place that I'm gonna show, you. you don't know where you're going yet, but just trust me. And verse four, we might anticipate Abraham to at least question, or uh, perhaps say, yeah, I'm good, thanks God, find somebody else. But instead Abraham said, in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12, so Abram went as the Lord told him. And Lot, that's his nephew Lot, went with him. Uh, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. I don't know, it might be midlife crisis. Abram, Abraham lived to about double that. So maybe maybe he just wanted something new in his life, I don't know. But uh, it, it, it's it's crazy, that God told him to do this crazy, crazy radical thing, so Abraham did it. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, uh, verse 8, so Hebrews 11 is in the New Testament, it refers back to uh, a lot of these heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, and so Hebrews 11 uh, explains some of this story of Abraham as well, and it says, by faith Abraham, in verse 8, uh, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So Abraham's 75 years old. He has no children. God tells him that he's gonna be the father of many nations. 75 years old, but you're gonna be a dad. Okay, God, whatever. Uh, and, 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 but you need to move your family. Uh, you need to go. And Abraham said, okay, and he moved. He obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. I mean, that, that's the sermon right there, I guess. We could just learn from that right there. Uh, a lot of times, God calls us to obey before we really know where we're going. Uh, Rebecca and I, uh, last year, a little over a year ago, we, we did a, a little tour of New England. Uh, we visited several states we'd never been to before, and we spent about half our time in Maine, uh, which, uh, uh, which we enjoyed a lot. We hiked trails, and we climbed mountains, and we saw wildlife, and we ate lobster, because you have to say it like that, right? Right? Uh, and uh, we uh, we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and one of our destinations was Millinocket Maine which probably you've never heard of uh, because there's not much there except that it's right outside or it's the closest town to Baxter State Park uh, we we went there because we'd heard that there's great hiking and there's pristine beauty in the, in that park especially there's Mount Katahdin which is the highest peak in the state of Maine at over 5,000 feet above sea level. And it's also the, that marked Mount Katahdin is the northernmost point of the Appalachian Trail. We were not trying to hike the Appalachian Trail. Uh, but, uh, but, but it draws serious, experienced hikers from across the, literally around the world. And so our plan was to hike a three-mile trail ending at Chimney Pond, which is at the base of the mountain. Go ahead and there, you've already there. So that's Chimney Pond. That's where we were heading, we thought. Um, The main reason we chose that hike wasn't necessarily uh, the picture that we were going to see there, although that's part of it, but we also uh, looked at all the different trails and hikes that we could do, and this was the only one that was not marked strenuous, and we figured we weren't maybe up for strenuous. It was moderate. Now we knew that uh, that, that it, it had an elevation change from the beginning to the end of 1,500 feet. Uh, so we we knew that over three miles we were going up most of the time, and uh, it was going to be not necessarily. It would be strenuous for us, but uh, but it was it was one that we thought we could probably handle, and uh, and we figured that was going to be worth it when we got there. So we uh, we left Millinocket and our little bed and breakfast that we were at, and uh, it was kind of raining and drippy, and and it was dark because you got to drive like forever at o dark thirty in the morning in order to get to the gate at the right time, so that you can drive twenty miles an hour for another fifty thousand miles until you get to the parking lot, and you got to sign in at the parking lot, and they only allow thirty six people to park in the park. It was a stressful thing. This was this was. Anyway, we had planned ahead, we got there, all that, we get there and it's just, uh, light has dawned, kind of, but it's foggy and drippy and all of that. And so we parked and we grabbed our gear and we checked in at the ranger station. This is the first and only time I've ever had to sign my name so that they know if I don't come back that they're going to send the helicopters, right? So this is, uh, this is like serious stuff. Um, this is, <laughs> I didn't get a picture of the... Uh, Uh, The sign, but we'd been hiking probably an hour and there's a sign that says you're now entering the main wilderness. Uh, And basically it said, if you don't know what you're doing, you should turn around right here Uh, uh, because this is some serious stuff. Anyway, so first half mile or so, everything's great and cool, and there 's a rushing, Go ahead to the next pictures there. This is uh, right off to our right in this rushing stream and the trees and the boulders and the and it's just you know, you're hearing this as you 're walking along and trump trump you know jump and and, and you got the and gurgling and it 's just you know, but you can 't see a whole lot because well, you can see the fog there and um, and and it's drippy and it's it's kind of sloshing through some stuff, but, but it, was, it was great. About a, about a mile and a half in, uh, there was this scenic lookout area that, that it said. And so we stepped into the clearing, and I expected to see something. Instead, this is what I saw. Uh, there's some dirt, and there's some rocks, and there were some trees. Uh, but fog doesn't allow you to see a whole lot of, uh, of other stuff. Uh, but, uh, but we figured, well, it's, you know, the fog, it doesn't make the greatest pictures, but okay, well, we'll, here we, keep on going. So we, we, uh, we continued on, but because of the conditions and because of our abilities, uh, it became obvious that we weren't going to make it all the way to Chimney Pond and back again, uh, that, that day. And so we decided to stop uh, right around this set of two basin ponds. They're also kind of down, the, uh, down the, the, the base of the mountain there, but uh, they're, they're, they're up the valley just a little bit from Chimney Pond, our original destination. So a short trail took us to the water's edge and we could see, as we looked out, we could see about, I don't know, six, eight, ten feet or so into this pond. But literally, uh, until, well, as we stood there, the fog kind of lifted a little bit, and we could actually almost see the other side. Go ahead to that next one, David. So this is it right here. Uh, this is the basin pond, and that's the, uh, that's the, the other side we could barely see. Um, go to, this is what we were supposed to see. Go ahead to the next one. That's what it looks like on a good day, okay? Can you go back one and just kind of toggle back and forth? So that's what we saw, and that's what we should have seen, okay? Uh, I found this on the internet uh, after we got back, uh, and the locals had promised. They said the mountain is there. Uh, We were there for about 36 hours in that vicinity, uh, and we never saw a mountain. There was no mountain. If we were to say, what did you see? I'm going to testify about what I saw. Uh, There was no mountain mountain. Fog is like that. I mean, it has. there's low visibility. Uh, We can only see a little bit further up the path. Uh, But what's interesting, if you've driven in fog or you've walked in fog, I mean, you you know how this works. You you go, man, I can't even see uh, down, you know, 10 feet or so. But then as you take a couple of steps, oh, now I can still, uh, so I can see 10 feet from where I am. But now, oh, now I'm here so I can see a few more feet and a few more. And as you go, you can see what's next. I think... From what I've experienced and what I've read in scripture, that's a lot like how God works. And he says, take this step. And we say, but I don't know where you're taking me. And he says, we'll take the next step. And we say, but it's foggy. (laughs) And he says, I need you to take the next step. And and we say, it's kind of scary. And he says, I promise you will love it. And we say, I'm not so sure. And we don't step into sometimes that place of faith, take that next step of faith. And if we would, we would see to take the next step and the next step. And, And from clear back here, we're not gonna see the whole vista of where God is leading us. But we might see the next step or two. And we won't ever see where God is leading us, if we don't take the next step or two. God doesn't usually reveal the whole plan. He calls us to something and then he waits for us to obey. (laughs) True faith involves a willingness to obey. Uh, John Maxwell says it this way, "We, we should not try to understand God until we have first obeyed him. And even then, I'm not sure we're going to understand God fully. But but uh, we 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 have this idea of where we think we want to go. Uh, God says, "Hey, take a next step." I'm not going to. I can't reveal the whole thing. I'm not going to reveal it. Take the next step. Obey. Faith involves obedience. And so I guess as we're walking through this story of Abraham, and he says, "Hey, Abraham, go." And and Abraham says, "Okay," but I don't know where I'm going. And God says, "Trust me." And he says, "Okay." And I wonder if there's a place in your life. Where you're sensing God say, hey, go, hey, come here, hey, make this this go over here. And we say, but I can't see where that leads. And he says, that's okay, trust me. Faith involves a willingness to obey, even if we can't see. God keeps his promises, you can trust him, so obey him. True faith also involves a willingness to Wait. Not, a, not one of the most popular words in, in my book. But uh, God promised Abraham some great things. Ten years later, several chapters later, not much had happened, okay? So, so we're gonna jump. We were in Genesis 12, now we're in Genesis 15, uh, the first few verses. And, uh, and, and God speaks to Abraham again. He says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. Remember me? I'm, you can trust me, don't be afraid. But Abram said, So ten years into this thing, Abram says, "Um, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. And then he said to them, to him, so shall your offspring be. And the last line, Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham had left his country. Uh, he had he he lived, and we didn't read all, all of it, but he'd lived through a famine, and he had uh, he'd been afraid of Pharaoh, and uh, and he'd lied to him uh, about his uh, his his wife, and said, "Oh, she's just my sister." And that's a whole other story in there. But uh, there was family conflict with Lot, his his nephew, and and uh, then at one point he had to fight to rescue Lot, and and uh, the, he still doesn't have any land of his own. And ten years later, he has no son. God had said, "I'm going to make you," uh, you know father abraham many sons many sons had father no he doesn't have any and abraham says god i've obeyed but look around there's nothing and god says the promise is still good now he had to wait faith involves waiting i i, I told you i've told you many times i, I hate waiting I mean, I, I check in online before I leave to head to Great Clips to get my haircut so I don't have to wait an extra seven minutes in, 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 the, in the haircut place, okay? That's, don't judge me. That's just where I'm at, okay? I, I do my banking in my kitchen. I put the thing in a, and all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll tell Rebecca, I'm going to the bank and then I walk over to the kitchen island and I lay the check down and deposit and don't have to wait in line and it's, it's amazing don't judge me it's just where i'm at uh i love the ch- self-check in the store because usually there's a lot of them and you don't have to wait very long and i get to bag my own stuff the right way right because i think maybe i have some control issues i think I might need an appointment i don't know um Years ago we got a DVR and it changed my life because now I don't have to wait through all those commercials to get back to my show and even at that the 12 and a half seconds that it takes to fast forward uh, you know it's still, I still don't really like that 12 and a half seconds because I have to wait right they they're talking about Netflix adding commercials and everyone's just up in arms right because that would be a problem right we don't want to wait I'm overstating this to make, I promise, I'm overstating this to make a point. I don't like to wait. I think there are a lot of other people like me. Uh, I've driven enough on the roads to know there's a lot of other people like me that don't like to wait. Uh, but, and, and I also know, let me testify to the fact that I have grown exponentially in patience uh, over, over my lifetime. So I, I believe that, however, that I'm still guilty of a desire for instant gratification, right? We, we don't like to wait for, th- it's gotta happen now. And many times God says, it's still gonna happen, but you gotta wait. Why would God make us wait? There's a lot of reasons. Just uh, three, right off the top of my head this morning. Uh, uh, three that that uh, first of all, it uh, we wait in order to bring God's perfect timing into play. Right? Uh, he has a plan. Maybe there's a lot of other moving parts. Right? God's in charge of it all, and and uh, He's promised you this, but but we've got a lot of other things going on, and so we need to wait in order for God's plan to uh, to, to to come to fruition. Right? And so there's timing that comes into play. We need to wait uh, many times so that God can strengthen us, so that so that uh, maybe we need to grow. Maybe we need to learn. Maybe there's a lot of change that needs to take place in our lives before we're ever ready for that promise to be fulfilled. And so uh, the the waiting is a time of learning and a a time of growing and a a kind of strengthening. Uh, it, It also, I think, the waiting is also a time for us to lift our sights to the eternal and not just the temporary things that are around us. Hebrews 11 verses 9 and 10. By faith he, Abraham, made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob. So his his child and his grandchild who, who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God so Abraham's living in the promised land God has promised it to him but he's he's still living there as an alien he doesn't own it it's not his yet he's living by faith and and while he's living in tents by faith his real sights are on heaven eternal things he's looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God when you go on a trip like maybe you're away for a weekend or something do you unpack your suitcase in the in the hotel I was at a conference this week, and um, I did not. And I usually, if we're going to be there like like a week or more, then I might like unpack and put stuff in the drawers and whatever, you know. But uh, this is more than you need to know about me, right? But um, you're wondering where this is going. But, but it, We're just there a couple of days. You don't unpack, right? You, and maybe you rearrange the furniture uh, in order to get it set just so, I don't usually do that, especially if I'm just going to be there a couple of days. Uh, I mean... Uh, it's, it's not really worth it because it's all just temporary. Eternity is forever. Our years on this earth in relation to eternity uh, are just like a, a quick weekend getaway, right? In the whole scope of eternity. And yet we settle in so much. Uh, it, it's like we're, we're not only unpacking our bags, but we're rearranging the furniture and redecorating the whole room, right? Like we're staying forever, we're not staying forever. We're just, as the old song says, we're just a passing through. In light of eternity, this life is short and God has a plan and you can trust him even if it seems like it's taken forever for it to come to pass, even if, it, even if you have to wait. Abraham wasn't the best waiter <laughs> He didn't wait very well. Uh, it, it took him a while, but over time he learned this lesson and we would do well to learn it too. And I know I've heard this somewhere other, I didn't come up with this, but, but, but this is just, uh, uh, don't try to provide a human answer to a divine promise. And that's where we go if we have to wait too long, right? Oh, well, this isn't happening, so let's do this maybe it's this way, maybe I misunderstood, maybe uh, uh, Abraham <laughs> several times in this story and again, we, we don't have time to read all these chapters but uh, God promises him he's gonna be the father of many nations and, and, and first he says, as we read there that, that oh, well, I guess this is gonna be through my servant Eleazar of Damascus, that would change a lot of things in, uh, in the Bible, right? Instead of referring back to uh, Isaac who was the child of promise, it's Eleazar of Damascus. God said, no, that's not it. Uh, No, no, Uh, promise is still good. It's gonna be a child uh, uh, physically from you. Hang in there. Abraham, I, I told you once uh, he lied to uh, to the king uh, about his wife being his. He actually did it twice in this story. Uh, twice it got him in trouble. Uh, twice it didn't turn out well. He thought, you know what? God's not going to take care of me here. We're we're going to have to deal with this on our own. And so he came up with this little this goofy little plan, and uh, and and it didn't work out right. Uh, uh, later on, Abraham and Sarah uh, thought that okay, this is taking forever, and we're not getting any younger. Maybe God means that this baby's going to come through. Uh, Sarah says, "Is going to come through my." Son servant hagar and so they you know that's always a good plan to give another woman to your husband just to see if god can work things out anyway it's another sermon god had something else in mind and that little plan caused a whole lot of stuff and we could say is even causing stuff even to this day many times when we know that god has promised something but it isn't happening we start thinking okay well god must have meant no just wait George Mueller a man who who lived by faith time and time and time again and stepped out into the unknown he says this faith does not operate in the realm of the possible there is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible faith begins where man's power ends Don't try to provide a human answer to a divine promise. God keeps his promises. You can trust him even if you have to wait. So it involves obedience. Faith involves obedience. Faith involves uh, uh, waiting many times. And true faith also involves a willingness to sacrifice. Three words here today that maybe we don't lift up very much and don't look very highly on in, the, in, in our culture. Uh, obedience, waiting, and sacrifice. And yet those are kind of at the core of what it means to believe in God and to have faith in, in what he's doing. He, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. Again, uh, referring back to the story of Abraham, he says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. So, pause right there. Uh, Genesis 22, I believe it is, where, where God says, so it's, it's years after, so the, the promised son Isaac was born. Abraham's a hundred years old. Isaac does indeed uh, come. Uh, Sarah uh, bears a child. In her old age, and now Isaac has grown up some. Abraham has, has learned a lot and is walking with God. And so God told him, go and sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac, on an altar. Go up to this mountain and do this. And Abraham uh, got up and went the very next day. And he, he went there and he did that. Uh, but before he could sacrifice his son, God provided a ram in the thicket to be the sacrifice instead of Isaac. Isaac. Just a, a real quick blip of this. So then Hebrews 11 is referring back to that. By faith, Abraham, when, te- when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice to his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back. for this. So he went to the point of no return and God says, Yes, your obedience, and it proves your faith and I will provide. So the promise has come true. Isaac has been born. Abraham uh, has been listening to and walking with God for many years. And so when God told him to do the absurd, Abraham just got up the next morning and did it. And he had learned the secret to life with God, trust and obey, even if you don't understand. And so Abraham offered what was most important to him and he knew the lord will provide that's actually what what uh, what that mountaintop was named the lord will provide because god provided corrie ten boom the uh, german concentration camp survivor uh, once commented that, that that she had learned to hold the things of this world loosely because she knew that if she grasped them too tightly the lord would have to pry her fingers away and it would cause her pain Many times, faith in God means a willingness to sacrifice, to, to, to give up what might be most important to us. If it's not important, then it's not a sacrifice. God told, uh, told Abraham to give up his son. I, I don't know what you might be holding on to, that uh, clinging to, holding tightly, that he might want you to sacrifice. Is there something that he, and this isn't just willy-nilly, I'm going to sacrifice this because Abraham did that, so now I'm going to do this, uh, it, it, but it, many times we come to a place in our faith where God says, okay, well, is your faith real? Do this, we obey. Uh, it, it's that, that many times that obedience involves sacrifice of, of going beyond what we want to do, uh, beyond what we think we, we, uh, we should have to do, but we do that uh, because we're giving up something that's important to us. In my experience, many times, it's, this, it's a test. Do you really believe this? Do you really believe that I can do what I say I can do? Then do the absurd. <laughs> and many times, it's, it's just a matter of priorities. This thing has started to encroach on, uh, I'm starting to worship this relationship or worship this experience or, or worship uh, what I'm trying to, to build or get here. And, and, and God says, you know, you know what? I'm first. And so let's, uh, let's sacrifice some stuff here. God wants to know where our allegiance lies. Are we truly committed to him or are we truly committed to fill in the blank? What Abraham found to be true is that God was able to provide even in the face of sacrifice. God will provide. There's a story of a, uh, of a girl who was in college and, and had... Uh, uh, was, was dating a young man and things were getting kind of serious and she brought him home to, to meet the parental units. And so they came home for a dinner and had a, had a great meal, but uh, the father sensed that there was something a little different about this relationship and it might be going uh, uh, somewhere uh, more than any other relationship the girl had had. And so uh, after dinner, he invited the young man into his study and uh, he thought he'd talk to him a little bit and just kind of see where things are at. And so uh, he said, son, uh, we've, we've had a good talk here. Um, what, uh, what, are you, what, what are your plans? And the young man said, well, I'm a, I'm a biblical scholar. And the father said, a biblical scholar. Hmm. Well, um, that's admirable. That's great. But if you get married uh, and you marry my daughter, how are you going to, as a biblical scholar, are you really going to be able to provide a nice house for her to live in? And he said, "Well, well, I'm going to study, and the Lord will provide." And, and and the father said, "Okay, it's good, but uh, you know, my daughter, she really deserves a a really nice wedding band, wedding ring, and and uh, biblical. Sc- How are you going to provide uh, this? Uh, what what she needs is and really treat her the way she needs to be treated." And he says, "Well, I'll concentrate on my studies, and and the Lord will provide." And he said, "Well, okay, well, let's just play this out then. Uh son, now um uh you're you're studying the Bible and uh, the Lord is for, you're going to have children and they're going to need a lot of things and uh these things don't just come uh, Nat, you're going to need to provide for them and, and provide for this whole family. And, and, and so the, 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 the boy says, well, don't worry, sir, uh, I mean, God will provide. And the conversation proceeded uh, uh, several different things. And the man continued to bring things up. And each time uh, the young man insisted that God would provide. And so later that night, as they were getting ready for bed, the, 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 the mother and father uh, were talking. The mother asked how the conversation went. And the father said, well, he has no plans he has no job, and he thinks I'm God. <laughs> Sacrifice, uh, just relying on God's provision, kind of seems foolhardy. Uh, okay, well, and then obviously we need to be wise in our decisions, but, but that's why it's important to follow God's leadership. In this. You're not just sacrificing whatever, whenever, but when God asks, when He puts His finger here, when He when you get that little feeling in the pit of your stomach, and you say, Ooh, maybe uh maybe this is or maybe and God wants me to obey and I and mm, it's the time to to let Him provide, even if we don't know where that's gonna happen. God asks us to respond with openness and hold the things of this life loosely. So, so Abraham, again, there's so much to this story, and and uh, and and Abraham uh, believed God. Maybe that's the the bottom line that we need to come to. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Where in your life do you need to believe God? Even if it seems foolhardy, even if it, it you can't quite see the end of it, uh, even if it's taken forever. Where in the world do you need to believe God? Because bottom line, uh, no matter what's going on out here, bottom line, truth of life is this. God keeps his promises and you can trust him. So if we know that, we're gonna rely on that more than we're gonna rely on all the stuff that's going on out here and we don't quite see our way through. God keeps his promises, you can trust him. Heroes of the faith trust God. You'll, you'll have to obey You'll probably have to wait. No doubt it will involve sacrifice, but you can trust him. Will you stand with me? Father God, we, um, we know that you are a God who is dependable. Uh, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so we rely on you. I pray that you would increase our faith, that you'll help us, each, each one here in this room today, that you'll help us to to, uh, to to take a step closer to you and to believe you more today than we did yesterday, to believe you more when you go out of this room than we did when we came in. Lord, I pray that you'll help us. If you're asking us to take a step in obedience, Lord, I pray that there would be nothing hindering that step, but that we would do that. And as, as we're convinced that you've called us to, that we would step out in faith, even if we don't know where we're going. Lord, if, if you've given us a promise and we're holding on to that promise, but it's real hard because it's taken so long, Lord, I pray that you would encourage and, and bolster our faith. And Lord, if there's something that you're putting your, uh, your finger on in our lives that, that needs to be sacrificed, I pray that you'll help us not to grab more tightly, but that we'll hold it loosely as a, as a sign of our faith in you. Father God, we, we don't have all the answers and we don't know uh, sometimes where, where tomorrow will take us. But Lord, we know that, that, that you are already there. And so bottom line, I pray that as we go from this place, we will be convinced in our hearts that, that, that you are God and we can trust you, that you keep your promises. Lord, I pray that, that you would do your work in our lives and in this place and in this community. I pray that as we come in contact with, uh, with, with people around us, Lord, that you will flow through us, that we can uh, step into those opportunities to, to, to breathe spiritual life into the lives of those around us. I, I pray that your spirit would would move and work and have your way uh, in us and through us. And Lord, I, I thank you and, and, and look ahead already to the uh, the testimonies of your grace and your love as we are faithful to you, knowing that you are always faithful to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.